We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Welcome back. Best hour of their day. Fern Ackerman. Crazy times we're living in, Fern, but we're not talking about politics. We're not even talking about Matt Frazier and Rich Froning. What's going on there? I don't. They know. made up. They they made up. I don't pay enough attention to the. I got events. I got a couple weird updates on it, and then Dave, you know, had a little popcorn emoji on one of the posts on there. The uh, I don't know. There was a podcast where it's just like they weren't talking. They were talking. There's a video of Rich, and he was like, "This is not true." And then like immediately, there's video of them like shaking hands and being like, "This is garbage." Everybody shut up. So I was just like, "Oh, look at that." Was that a current picture? I didn't realize they were both in Tennessee currently. Yeah. Like in the moment. Uh, I mean, to my, I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't be there. I mean, he, uh, Matt's been there for three years, I think. Well, anyway, even just it looked, it looked, it looked current. It looked current. So. All right. Well, hey, I'm glad to hear they're, they're doing all right. I mean, the world get the world could lo- absolutely deal with a little bit less drama. So I can appreciate two people squashing squashing drama like gentlemen. You know? If Frazier and Frank more, can get along, can more, everybody? More, yeah, more cordial conversations, everybody. More cordial conversations. I do agree. People always ask, "How do you and Fern get along?" Hey, we just talk, keep an open mind. We don't try to win conversations. I I think we get along fantastic, and I we disagree on a lot, man. I get along with 99.99% of the people that I know because I'm, I, how, listen, if, if, if you're judging me based on social media, then you probably don't know anything about me, but like very, I'm open to literally anything. Well, and I think it's okay to be strong opinion yet open-minded. I mean, I think that's, that's at least what I like to think I'm striving for. Yeah. And I think Um, people, the people that don't get along are the ones that are strong opinion and not open-minded. Right. Like if, if the other side is just wrong, uh, that, that definitely is a thing, right? Like where you're just, you know, that, that there's just, that's just wrong. Um, but I mean, listen, I'm not Nostradamus. I am not Socrates or Plato. Um, but I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people and most things are down the middle. Like, and I'm oddly enough, pretty milk toast to be quite frankly. Like I'm, I'm, if you really want to sit down and have an, an extended conversation, I'm going to be about as middle as you could get. Well, speaking of Nostradamus, one of the questions we get a lot is, should we expand? Or actually I'll tell you what, we don't even get the question. We just get the, I'm expanding. And uh, short answer is no, don't do that. Right. Point being, let's take a glimpse in the future and yeah, don't do it. And and I think it works two ways. It works with the expansion of a, just the space that you're currently in and B the space as in, I'm going to open a second or a third location or affiliate. Definitely don't do that one. 
definitely don't do that one. That's my, I, I know many, 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 many people that have tried it. And I know very few of them that have done it successfully. And even they would tell you that it is less than ideal. And they're, and they're, you know, in air quotes, doing it successfully. One of which is right here, standing next to me, Lindsay. Two affiliates. She, yes or no? Fuck no. Right. There uh, you go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think Lindsay just likes to come into your office when we're recording, get that little shine, get that best hour shine Bruce, on. Bruce, trying, trying to be on the interwebs. Um, Did she just bring you a water? So, yeah, that, that one. No, she definitely didn't bring me a water. I was gonna say you got her water. (laughs) (laughs) So Lindsay's on multiple. That's your job to bring me water. (laughs) At the same time, she you know those that don't know Lindsay Cross and Max Effort in Vegas, you've owned multiple affiliates. Right. I've owned multiple affiliates. So are you saying it's a hard no? Never. It's it's not never right. Nothing is never. Well, there's some things that are never, but. Almost never. I will go with like I I would be willing to bet money in Vegas that virtually everybody that's going to come to me with that proposal, my answer is going to be absolutely not. You should not do that. When is it the right time? When is it acceptable then, in your opinion? I think number one, if you have gone through the process of building building out something that would look like a franchise plan or something of that nature, right? So just having that plan in place, number one, means that you, at least you're traveling down the right path to some degree with regard to operationally what that should look like, okay? So that's like 30,000 foot. From a from a strategic level, I you, my personal belief is that you should be able to not necessarily doing but you should be able to be completely absent from the business and the business should be some running something north of a 40 percent profit margin uh, and and you should try to do the, the, the vast majority of it with capital on hand or if you have capital on hand and don't want to burn it you just don't want to burn it so then maybe you take out a loan but you could pay for it if you wanted to so those yeah. would be my two those would be my two kind of like hard hard stops to be like if you're not just literally sitting around picking your nose because you're so bored to death, then the answer is no. And you know, and, and, and funny and you bring secondly, up secondly, you better be running you better be running offensive margins to do that. Well, I was gonna say you, you bring up two two categories that I was successful in prior to opening my second affiliate. So I wasn't on the schedule. I didn't need to be there at all. And we were able to open the second affiliate completely off of money from the first. Now, then, even then I'm okay with it. But even with that being said, I don't know that I would do it again. You know, I think there's, there's two things that multiple, but two quick things I would consider is one is it going to be worth it? Like if you're doing that well, why not just chill the fuck out and just, you know, enjoy the money that you're bringing in. And then secondly, I would say, are you truly maximized in, in what you're bringing into the current box? Because yes, you can open a second location and probably bring in a lot more members because it's in a new spot, a new demographic, you know, a new town but you also have way more expenses associated with those 100 new members than had you just brought in 20. There's a no, there's a number there where 20 at my current spot is 
a bigger margin, a bigger profit than 100 at a new spot. And not just financially, but time. Like I need to get new coaches. Right. We need new equipment. You know, we need new hours, et cetera. You're, you're doubling the manpower. You're doubling the problems. You're doing all of these things. So it's doubling the things I have to manage. Now, I, ultimately, I think the big problem is this. There, there is a, a mindset error here, which is I'm going to open the second affiliate to solve my financial problems. That's like having a kid to solve your marital problems. Exactly. So it's the, it's, it doesn't work that way. It should be one of those things where like, I've got everything I need and I'm just bored. So I'm going to go do this other thing because I have nothing to do now. If that's you, listen, I will wear, I will get pom-poms and I will be on your cheerleading squad. Like that I'm so that in that instance, I'm like, cool, do it. If you want to take over the world, I'm all about it. But, but typically almost every single one of these scenarios lacks all of those things, meaning there's no plan for management and what they're trying to do is, and I made this mistake originally when we did it. And then for multiple reasons, just quite frankly, out of my control, it got worse trying to split the staff across both affiliates. So that doesn't work either. So you need to have like a full independent staff to go to that other place and make that work. Yeah. You're going to just tax the people, you know, the, the, you're going to crush people. And not to mention the people that are at your current location are there because they love this staff. Now you're getting, they're going to get bent. Yeah. yeah they're going to get bent. They're going to be upset. There's obviously a handful of expenses that you can use at both your, your Wattify systems, your programming, Really, I mean, that's kind of the extent of it, really. Right, that's it. There's, I mean, yeah. everything else is in a like you're going to pay twice as much in merchant fees. You're going to have all you all new utility bills. Right. You need you're, more equipment. You have, you have tw yeah, you need more equipment. You have twice as much admin work. You um, know, what else? Maybe like, you order more. You know, one thing we did was order more T-shirts, so the margin went up a little bit there, but nothing, not worth a new location. You're talking about uh, a, a minor of, some, of something. Yeah. Well, you're talking about like, okay, 5% increase on average client value across across both affiliates. Not right. not not going to get you where you want to be. But we hear a lot of people that open up and they're like, okay, my goal is so many, you know, you know, and it goes back to the same thing. One, begin with the end in mind. So many people that we talk to are like, I want to make X amount of dollars. I need 500 members. We're like, no. You need a hundred really good members. And I think it goes right. back to just that question of, you know, what do you want out of this? Because for me, in retrospect, making six figures at a box I really enjoyed with people I really enjoyed being around with low stress and low time commitment was much better than spreading myself too thin. There's just, a, everybody thinks it's going to be great. The, the assumption is just like, to, like more money, right? I'm going to get more money. It's going to cost you money on the front end, like regardless of, of you're doing it well. It's, you're, there's going to be an investment on the front end that you're going to have to make, whether it's a procurement of another, of another facility or you're going to have to use capital that you have to outfit it. Like you're going to invest money on the front end in order to make that happen. You know, whether you have it sitting on hand and if you are, then great, good. You run a profitable business, fantastic, good for you. The the problem is that that's not most scenarios. I go from being stretched thin to being stretched thinner and it's usually a disaster. One of them and typically both of them suffers immensely. 
Yeah, one something I said to one of our affiliate you clients was mo members, mo problems. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, and I get it. I'm I'm empathetic to it. Like I've been there. I've made again. There's very few mistakes that you and I haven't made, and that's one of them. Like I didn't do that well, and you know, and to be very honest, had we not been in kind of like forced out of that situation. With, because of some legal issues with the landlord, I'm not even entirely certain I could have rectified the problems. I'm like, I'm, I'm like quasi confident we could have gotten it done, but I, I can't say that for certain because there was just so many things that I hadn't calculated that I now know that I'm just like everything I was trying to do with multiple facilities, I ended up doing in one. Like that was the lesson learned for me. I was like, I didn't need to move outside of this to do all the additional things. When I consolidated, when I was forced to consolidate everything was when I was like, oh, I can't, I literally never have to leave here. It's like the, it's like that, there's like a parable about the guy who lived on a diamond mine. Yeah. Just like he went all around and like searching for diamonds and then he like sold his property for pennies on the dollar and it turns out he was sitting on a massive diamond mine, but he went searching all over the world for everything else. You know, like, it's that, like you're you're sitting on your own gold mine you just haven't started really digging yet which is one of the first things we start doing with affiliate you just like exposing people to be like you're actually sitting on a gold mine you just are unaware of it you have no idea where to put the shovel first and where to start digging well one of the problems i no longer make fern is taking care of my beard for a long time I was not. If I, hold on. If I here's a here's this is a legit question. If I use Doc Spartan products, would I be able to grow a beard? Like if I just start putting beard butter on my face, will I grow a Spartan like beard and be able to kick you into some deep hole somewhere? Nothing can cure your baby face Cuban genetics. Is it Cuban? I am. I yes, my father's from Cuba. Yeah, nothing can fix that. You know, you got that that Castro gene in you and you just, you know, but I've recommended deodorant. It's all natural. I've recommended the body scrub, the coffee scrub, but yeah, you probably don't need the beard butter ever. Can I put it in my hair? I, I do actually. I rub it in my beard at night and then whatever's left on my hands, I'm like, if this is good for my beard, it's good for my hair. So I, I put it all over personally and it's, the beer butter, it smells good. It's Sex Panther, so why wouldn't I want to rub it everywhere? <laughs> awkward, awkward moment yesterday. I was getting my hair cut, and the girl trims up my hair and then brushed over my eyebrows. You know how your eyebrows get kind of bushy? Do yours get bushy? Were you afraid that she shaved them off? No, no, no. I asked her to. I said, hey, I was you, like, uh, what's that? What's that movie when they just accidentally shave the, the one eyebrow <laughs> off? <laughs> well, that's why I don't do it myself, because I'm like, I'll mess these up. So I said, hey, first of all, how is it with eyebrows that you're fine one day and the next day you literally have like a three inch eyebrow? Like how does it sprout three inches overnight? I don't know how that happens. Doc Spartan. Maybe it's so maybe you should use the, the beard butter, but anyway, so she goes, is that it? And like, I wasn't even thinking, I go, well, you do you provide any other services? <laughs> and, and she she like looked at me funny. It was my first time with her. And I was like, I didn't mean it like that. I was like, I'm good. I just She's meant like, like, get out. Yeah. I was get like, out. I do my own beard. So we're good to go. I have you heard of Doc Spartan? So anyway, use the code best hour over at docspartan.com. 15% off. 
guaranteed to make you into a sex panther, not guaranteed to help you grow facial hair. Fair enough. Well, I'm already. So anyway, let's 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 take it now. We've talked about expanding to a second location. How about just expanding your overall space? When is it appropriate? When is it not appropriate? Because I can tell you right now, I made big mistakes there. I did not make mistakes there. So that is something I did correctly here. I made I made secondary mistakes with regard to that that had nothing to do with the expansion. That was, There were personnel things that I made mistakes in, just um, communicating neither here nor nothing devastating like everybody that we that yeah all those relationships intact so um the one of the things is the one of the first things you have to i think you should look at is what does your class schedule look like so i don't i don't think you should be considering expanding your current space unless you're running a minimum of seven to eight classes a day and you're open all day right because first and foremost before and then and this is where i went wrong it was okay we have busy classes so we need more space when in reality the first question you should ask yourself is well where can i put more classes because again it's it's just money right? right how do i right how do i not spend more money but continue to grow this gym same as expanding to a second location how about not spending that money but growing the gym so I like it. A more class, you know. And then you well, get to the so point. So it's just like okay. So let's assume. Oh, yeah, what I was going to say is there, there's a lot of questions to be asked there, which is okay. So either way, you're going to spend more money, right? So whether I expand my space or whether I expand my class schedule, it's overhead. So, but to take a look at that, the difference in the, the differences in overhead are. I mean, couldn't be farther apart. Add one more class onto the schedule, maybe two more classes to the schedule, none of which do you coach. Let's call it a thousand bucks a month in overhead. Right. Probably not what your expansion is going to cost, either initially on the build out or in additional rent every single month. It might be, but probably not. Based on most of what I know and I've seen and I've dealt with, it's probably not thousand bucks. So right then and there, that's that's where you should make that investment is okay how where do i couldn't put more uh, classes on the schedule because now all i've done is made more room for people to get into the building you know so one of the uh, like for and everybody thinks they know where classes are going to go but you don't actually know until you start playing around with it for instance we now have a 10 30 a.m that i would have never ever 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 put on the schedule it just happened to hit post COVID opening up because we started in the middle of the day and then expanded out to our normal schedule from there. So we were trying to get everybody into a, a tighter window for the day. So it wasn't, you know, do, cause I knew we weren't gonna have everybody back and that class stuck. And I was like, well, I guess it's here to stay. So that, that is my class, you know, so we currently run a 6am, a 9am, a 1030, a, a noon, and then a three, four, five, 6pm. And I don't have any need to expand. I I could easily, if demand was there, add three classes a day. I could go five a.m. I could go. I could split the noon and go eleven thirty, twelve thirty, 
in that block of time, you know, and there's two easy ones right there and then potentially a 7 PM. And that's my three classes costing me a whopping 1500 to $2,000 on the high end. And that's significantly less than the expansion and in, in, in rent costs that I, that I, um, assumed when, when we took over that space. Well, that brings up an interesting point and it's a little off topic, but how would you recommend people testing new class times other than just slapping them on? Cause I find the, the problem is if you put it on, it's hard to take off. So what are some yes of the things no. you go ahead? Yeah, yes and no. Yeah. I think, I think there's some, there's typically some obvious ones. Um, and they're usually like, if you have big gaps, it's like, could I put one in this big gap? Right. So if you have like a packed morning schedule and then nothing, for the rest of the day until the afternoon. And when I say morning, I mean like early morning, like mid early morning is another one. So then the eight thirty to 10 window in most gyms has good attendance, right? So maybe you stick one there. If you've got early morning and then you have afternoon and then you have mid morning, the next obvious one is noon or lunchtime from there. And this is assuming they're all full, right? if it's your time, then maybe you can play around with that a little bit and it'll be fine. But if you're going to pay for it, I really want my, my classes to be overloaded. So I would start adding where the classes are the fullest and start to disperse those people out. So if you're only running two afternoon classes, the first thing is, is try to move to three. Now, where do you put it? You're going to have to experiment with that. Maybe you shift everything to the left half hour. Maybe you add one on before or one after, you know, to the front end or the back end. Um, in my experience, the, the mistake people make is they do not manage the expectation here with the client base. And what they should be telling people is we're experimenting. None of this is set in stone. We reserve the right to move it off if it doesn't work. And that way, everybody's just understanding that this is an experiment. We will take it off if there is no attendance. If there is good attendance, then we will leave it. But it's not here forever. We're going to find out. Yeah, I think, I think that's always important. And then what, how do you recommend, if they do that, actually getting rid of it? Again, communication is key. Heads up, we're taking it off in X number of days. Okay. You so it's just a, tip it's a trial. Right. It's a trial. Oh, and you don't have to, I, I don't think you have to give it an end date, right? You can just tell people we're going to try it and then I'll cancel it. And I'm, when I'm ready, but I'll tell you when we're going to cancel it. So give yourself some wiggle room. If you're going to experiment, I don't need to have like a start and an end date. Cause it might not be, what if you misgage the time and you didn't have it open long enough for people to kind of start tri trickling in. So there's just things you need to consider here with regard to like, how much do I want to spend before determining that it's not worth it? And it, and, and I'm going to pull it off the schedule and save myself the 500 to a thousand bucks, depending on what you're paying and how many classes it is. Um, and so I, I think there's a lot of kind of, if you will, scribbling on a napkin that you, you should try to sort out prior to, to be like, what's the best option and then I know we've said not to do this in the past, but you could at least get like a rough litmus test on where to start potentially by surveying the members knowing that that survey is flawed. Yeah, I think that's every, fair. Everybody's going to answer with 
you know, most things that they would never do. They'd be like, I would love to have a, you know, uh, whatever, an eight twelve class in the morning. Cause for, you know, whatever. And you're just like, that's weird, but. So anyway, definitely expand your, your schedule first. Do, do you think there's, you know, every, there's always times that are just regardless of what box you're at or where you live that aren't going to grow. Like you said, though, the 10 a.m. grew. And I think you'd be surprised, you know, rather than immediately jumping to the idea of expansion, test it. Test it and, and just see what happens. Um, I, I get there's a lot of benefits here. It's more convenience for the members with regard to time. Because if you just expand and you don't change your class schedule, then it's not any more convenient for anybody realistically. It's right. it's it's the same amount of convenience for way more cost when you do that. Um, exactly. The other so, mistake people make when they do this is they is they don't raise prices when you do. If you expand, prices should go up because all of your expenses just went up. Well, not to mention, I think even prior to this is again something I would have done. You know, back in the day, I had hundreds of members, many of them on discounts. You know, before I reeled that in, which is a huge problem that we discuss in Affiliate U. You can't have discounts. I mean, like we said, you want to offer LEO, military, et cetera, do it. But we're talking discounts randomly thrown out there for your members. But here I was discounting a bulk of my membership and I'm expanding for them. So before that, okay, you're paying 100. Our rate is 160. I need to get everybody up to 160 before I decide to expand. Because you're just expanding for those people. You're expanding for the people that are actually the problem. And and I and I think that is a perfectly perfectly reasonable response. And just to be like, I'm totally open to that, and we could do that. However, you can't. You're not going to get all of that for nothing. Like right. you, you're going to have to pay for it, right? And I think that's totally fair. When we expanded here, we man, we did. It's probably like one of the few things I got right in the first shot. And it wasn't really the first shot, but it was like I had done it. We had moved spaces and expanded like two times before that. So this one I, I did, we had like a nine month kind of plan in order to do that. And we had the revenue prior to to pay for the expansion prior to expanding. So what I what we did was we started investing heavily on upgrades and equipment for nine months prior to that. And we spent something to the tune of like, 20 grand in nine months. I mean, it was a lot. We bought all new everything to the point where, you know, people knew it was crowded because we were, we were running, you know, all the CrossFit classes and all of the East coast gold weightlifting in the roughly 4,500 square feet. And the afternoons were insane. And to some degree, I really miss that. And we talk about that all the time. We're a little bit nostalgic about it, but to some degree, I mean, but it was insane. And it was, I would walk in there sometimes and there would, no kidding, be 45 to 50 people on the floor. And it was just chaos to the point where I was just like, we can't do this anymore. You know, it's fun, like, though. This, it's, a, it's a fun, it's vibe, super right? fun. Mm -hmm. It's super fun. And it was amazing. And I miss because everybody here gets along and the camaraderie was good and everybody worked well together. We had established kind of like etiquette rules with regard to how it worked. And Everybody, everybody, it's just like everybody would abide by the rules and it was cool. However, there were more, it, it began to be 
a scenario where more often than not, there was something that I would look at that would be alarming from a safety standpoint with regard to proximity to people, to barbells and things of that nature. I was like, all right, we got to solve this problem. So then we started, I was like, oh, okay, how can we kind of get ahead of this so that we not only keep everybody, but they're stoked about it, but they also know what's coming. So we started investing and we started investing and in, in upgrading and upgrading and upgrading and doing all these things. And again, we spent a ton of money uh, leading up to that. And we started letting people know, like, we're working on a problem. We're negotiating with the landlord. And I knew we had done it right when people started just randomly coming up to me completely unprompted. And they're like, I'm pretty sure prices are going up. You guys have been doing like all the stuff in the gym. And I'm like, they are, we're just not ready to tell you. But when we do, we're going to give everybody plenty of lead time. And we're going to tell you how it's going to work. And nobody said a word. We didn't lose anybody uh, because we had pre-invested. And then with the expansion, it wasn't weird. Right, because the CrossFitters like we want more space, and the weightlifters are like we need more space, and I'm like, cool, but everybody's got to collectively pay for that. Yeah, and we we've helped numerous affiliates with their rate increase as well as, like we discussed earlier, getting those discounted members to the standard rate. It's always a fear that you're going to lose all these people. Thus far, with affiliate U, I would say the average box has lost less than one person. It's never, ever what you think it's going to be. And that's when you do it right. Yes, you can do it wrong. We don't allow that to happen. We do things like Fern's talking about. We, we help you draft the email that your members are going to get. We help you lay out the timeline when we're going to do this. But it's, it's the lowest hanging fruit for almost all boxes to immediately give yourself a pay increase. And your members are for it. Your members are like, my pleasure. That, that's the key part is that m your members want you to succeed. And, and we're talking about, and again, sometimes we get some shit from people who are just like, it's all about the money. Listen, I'm here to tell you for a box owner who's working their ass off and not making any money. Yes. And I make no bones about it. Like 100%. That is what we were talking about because that person deserves to be paid. They're working harder than most people would ever could possibly fathom. It's not weird. It's 100% appropriate. Absolutely. And you're, the members that don't agree or don't want to or, or give you pushback, you don't want them. I mean, where else in life would you want to hang out with people that don't want to see you succeed and do your best to take care of them after that? You'd be like, get, get the hell out of my life. So let, let, let's, let's bring it to this. We, we've talked about a lot of reasons not to expand Let's throw out a few times where it is. We talked about going to a second space. How about just as far as overall space goes? When would you say let's let's expand? Kind of like the scenario, and and this was Coach Glassman's things from from years ago. Basically, when people are falling out of the doors, it's time. When they're falling out of the doors, and you've maxed out the schedule, it's time. You know, when every class is whatever you consider to be max capacity, 15 to 20 people across the board, potentially it's time to start considering. You should at least start having the conversation because this is something that typically takes a year or less to, to do it right, to have the planning and all these things put in place. But right before that, it's just like, could I take this 15 to 20 people and make it 13 to 15 people by adding one to two classes on the schedule? Potentially. 
and then I can add more people, right? So again, think about if you're if I go from whatever five classes to seven classes, but at five classes it was twenty, but at seven classes it's fifteen. I mean, do the math there. You're you're winning, right? Like everybody's still very happy, and the business is healthy. So why not try to try to maximize what you got? You know, and then I would I would encourage you to just consider supply and demand. Okay, we're not going to expand. Our average person's paying one fifty. We're going to stay here. We're going to bump up our rate to one seventy five or whatever that number is. And it's okay if we have less people. We're going to have better quality people. Right. You know, and and not just less people, but less headaches. Like I know earlier, I said more members, more problems. It's true. I mean, just dealing with more people in your life is more opportunity for issues, for drama, for anything to go wrong. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not a, a hard and fast rule, but yes. So wh where I went wrong was, and I see other boxes doing this, you know, part of it was the spacing issue. I was on racquetball courts. I was only allowed to expand in certain directions, et cetera. But even still, what I could have done better is I was letting people at the time, you know, they're coming in, they're doing their own programming, and then they're taking up the space of the people that are hitting class. And you see that a lot though. It's like you have your open gym people consuming space. Now, typically two things are true about those people. One, they're, they're usually either paying less or trying to pay less because they, you know, don't get coached. But secondly, they're also your less than stellar members. They're the people, you know, if you're not coming to my class, you're showing me you don't trust in me. You don't believe in the product. You want to do your own thing. You probably have a little more of an ego than I want to deal with. So Mm -hmm. You know, it goes back to either raising the rates for everyone, the supply and demand, or just be aware of, okay, is your gym actually busy and crowded because class is busy and crowded? Or is it that you're allowing people to just come in, do their thing and take up space? We, you kind of, I don't know if you glossed over on purpose, but kind of reference something that's kind of subtle, but we didn't even talk about, which is you may not even need more space. You might need to just rearrange your space. Like if you got packed classes and you're one of these typical like center rig gyms, that's the first thing we change, right. right? Just get that thing out of the center of the floor. So that, so again, there's, there's all, there's a lot of subtleties with regard to things where you can start to buy. And again, we did this before we expanded where I started trying to buy back 10, 12 square feet at a time with regard to equipment and how we stored things and all you can start to really make the space feel it's like a house, right? If designed really well, 1500 square feet can feel massive or if designed like garbage, it feels like you're living in a college dorm room with eight people. You know, so design it that way and think about the logistics of your gym so that you can maximize that square, that square footage. And, and this is kind of a conversation about occupational, uh, or, um, um, operational capacity, which has validity, but I don't think is the thing you should be thinking about in a CrossFit. And we'll talk about that later. So like, I'm not totally against it, but I'm not like all in on it. That's the only thing ever that we should be looking at. So. Yeah, I agree. I think for a lot of people before even considering expansion, take a hard look at your space. You can probably get some computer generated imagery also where you kind of move the rig around. Oh, Rogue does that. And you can probably kind of look at the equipment mm -hmm. you currently have. What can come off the floor? I mean, the most expensive thing you're paying for is your floor space. You know, is, do you have a right. desk, a front desk that's taking up space? Do you have 
barbells mm-hmm. in the upright versus on the wall? Do you know all of those questions that you should be looking? Can you put something outside in a shed? You know, we we bought a shed for all of our strongman equipment at one point. You know, so lots of different options. Yeah, like a Connex box, like a Connex yeah. box that you have. Sort of, yeah. So, and so, and that's also something we do in affiliate use. Or like we in in the second phase of the course, like that is something we will review. It's like video pictures of the space because not, and this is a secondary conversation with regard to just being efficient with your space. There's a, you also get to clean up again. We've talked about this before, like pain points within the members experience, like the wall balls are stored like garbage and nobody can find them or the dumbbells are hot mess or I have no idea how to, which kettlebell weight this is, or, you know, like the, the rubber bands are stuck behind a box in the back corner. They have to go through a real creepy room to get to, you know, like that, that sort of stuff should also be fleshed out, but for different reasons, because everything should be pretty obvious. And if it's obvious, it's probably efficient. And if it's efficient, you're probably maximizing your space. Yeah, I mean, we could have a whole conversation on how to maximize and organize your space. But yeah, I mean, from spray painting the bumpers to labeling the bells to organizing the dumbbells, all of that is important. But hopefully, we've just given you some food for thought when it comes to expansion because more isn't always better, just like training. Better is better. Speaking of, how about that 200-pound power plane I had? Do we want to talk about that? That is and was equally that as is, impressive as your is, brand. Is that what we're calling that, a power clean? I call it... I mean, I think it fits the power clean definition. It, you... It was a ground to shoulder. It was definitely it was a ground a, to shoulder. It was, a, it was a definitely a ground to shoulder. <laughs> I'm not sure I would call it a power clean. Oh, it was man. A ground to shoulder. I cannot believe how many comments I got on that post. Like 200 people. I, I'll be honest with you. I can't, I can't believe 200? Dude, it was ridiculous. Like, I couldn't keep up. I just was like, okay, I'm not looking at it. I don't know if you got more on that or your question about the term soccer moms. What's your opinion on that? I I am kind of in the camp with with you that you've said many many times is like I think you can say most things it just depends on how you say it if it's said with affection and not in a derogatory manner which I've never ever used that term in a derogatory manner like I don't yeah. even consider it I don't even cons- I, it just never would even occur to like I have only ever used that term with adoration yeah I, I agree I think it, it is for me it is a term of adoration like it is it is nothing other than that. And I would say 98% of the comments on that agree with us. Oh, for sure. I just did. I was shocked by the number of comments with regard to that. Both of those, I just think they really stung both my power clean and that question. <laughs> <laughs> the power clean more so than the question. But yeah, it was it funny because uh, I, I, I was talking about a muted hip on a previous post and I was like, watch, I'm going to demonstrate it. Like I know what I do wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to give out a, a, a prize to some of those comments, but 99% of the comments gave the wrong cue. The correct cue was go lighter. <laughs> I mean, that was it. Like anyone that was trying to like, because at that, as you know, at your threshold, I'm not fixing anything with that weight. The only thing I'm fixing not, is not with that weight. I'll squat clean it. Like my squat clean looks very good compared to my power clean. So yeah, I can squat clean it, but anybody that's like separate your hips and elbows or squeeze your butt, like that shit ain't happening. 
No, it's that, not happening. That 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 problem is a lot of position work at lower percentage weights so to train you into good positions. Yeah, I think probably the best cue came from Anasan, one of the guys that helps us with the website, and his cue was go home. So <laughs> I think that was you know, but but yeah, the the correct answer would have been strip the weight and let's work on some stuff. You know, I love I love the ones that gave me compliment sandwiches though. Those were great in effort. Like that's how you should coach. And in order to get someone to go lighter, you got to get like, whoa, nice PR. Let's back it off to 135. Let's work on some position work. And then I want to see you do that again. So, and just to give a little nugget, and then we could wrap this up with re- like some people might not even know what we're referring to when we say position work. So, one of the things, uh, so Phil here and the crew with East Coast Gold, that's one of the things they are masters at with regard to teaching weightlifting. And they do a lot of, catches and pauses in positions to highlight poor positions. And what I'm referring to is, because this comes up a lot at, um, in the level one, particularly, it's like, how do I fix this person who does the high school football power clean or the Jack or as it will now be referred to forever. And a very simple, at least teaching point is when they catch the power clean, they have to pause in the catch. They cannot stand up. That is a very quick correction for really awful positions because they're awful because they're inefficient. Well, they're awful also. Like I wouldn't have been able to pause. If I tried to pause there, I would have fell. Or or there's a light bulb that goes on immediately because you already know that, which changes the movement, right? So uh, just simply knowing that as an athlete with enough reps under your belt, you would either A, make the right decision to bring the weight down, or you're forced to change the position because of the new requirement. So let, let's talk about the power. You know what? We'll talk about it on the next episode. I think that was, I think that was a good nugget, though. That, that was a great nugget, but there's a lot to talk about. For example, I think everybody has a threshold where their form goes out the window. Someone like me that can squat clean more than they can power clean, how do we get them to find that? belief that they can go down without going below parallel how do we correct some of these so you 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 can squat clean more than you can power clean or you significantly more like i I have a well that's but that's that's correct though the the other people is the one that we're worried about oh no for sure i mean i can squat clean you know 245 maybe and that was a 200 pound power clean it's been heavier but the point is and we'll talk about on the next episode everybody's like catch it lower i'm like well i either catch it here or i'm below parallel I have a hard time catching it in the right. middle, which is what you need to do. But we'll dive into right. the power clean on the next episode. How about this? If you have questions that you want us to answer on the power clean episode, shoot us an email, day at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. And speaking of question and answers, if you haven't already, go support us at Patreon. For $6 a month, you get a private episode only for those patrons, only for those that support us over there, $6 the the cost of one fancy cup of coffee that Fern drinks every day. And, you know, for six, you didn't deny it. See, he's, I see, we see him drinking it. If you watch us on YouTube, the episodes go up on YouTube. I mean, if well. you average out the, if you average out the cost of that coffee maker if, over 10 years, it probably still six bucks. <laughs> so anyway, go, uh, go support us at patreon.com forward slash best hour of their day. And, Lastly, if you're interested in learning more about Affiliate U, we are taking a few more calls. The link is in our bio on Instagram. You can book a free call and learn if Affiliate U is the right decision for you.
Cool Fern, Power Clean coming up next. We hope you've had the best hour of your day. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at Best Hour of Their Day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.